Canadians 12 and over have had opportunity to get vaccinated for COVID-19. And just in time, as the Delta variant begins sweeping across the world at a time when many places have lifted restrictions designed to stem the tide. But cases in Canada are rising in number, and it looks like we're facing down a fourth wave. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver, and this is Why. Back in the spring, provincial and federal leaders were predicting a one-dose and then a two-dose summer. It's the number one game show for hot, infectious singles. But as the summer wore on, the Delta variant joined the party, becoming the dominant strain in Canada in early July. And now in early August, we're seeing new cases start to rise exponentially, the signature of another wave. Okay, guys, but I say fourth, you say wave. Fourth wave. Let's go. So what is the Delta variant and how is it different from COVID-19 as it first emerged from Wuhan, China and the UK variant? But before we get into that, a bit of review of COVID-19. If I understand correctly, uh, COVID-19 is uh, it's an envelope of instructions that once it's inside of our cells, those instructions tell the cells how to reproduce that envelope. And if I understand it correctly, it's um, this envelope is surrounded by a number of what are called protein spikes, which are kind of like keys to get inside of our cells. And that's and the, 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 the protein spikes are what classifies this as, as a coronavirus. Do I, do I understand kind of the, 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 the COVID-19 structure itself? That, 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 that's basically true. It's, uh, you know, you've got a, a package of instructions with inside a, an envelope that infects your cells and multiplies itself and then, and then it escapes from the, um, the cells infected by what we call budding. So it puts some proteins on the surface of the cell membrane and it makes a, a round envelope and buds off. And then it's free to go infect other cells. It's collected the, I guess, the, the instructions that are in the RNA are, are collected within that envelope. That's Dr. Daniel Gregson. I'm an infectious diseases physician and a medical microbiologist and an associate professor at Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary. Dr. Gregson, the Delta variant that was first detected in India in late 2020, how is that different from the original strain that came out of Wuhan, China in late 2019? Before Delta came along, there was another variant, which was just had a, a, a mutation in the um, what we call a D614G <clears throat> part of the of the spike protein that really became the dominant strain worldwide. And since then, we have seen uh, these new variants they're talking about are all, all have new new mutations um, that have accumulated on top of this this D614G mutation. And the the Delta variant is 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 one with some mutations that are are on the what we call the receptor binding domain or that piece of the key that sort of gets into the, into the lock to open the door. Uh, so there's mutations both in that portion of, of, of the, um, what we call the spike protein, the little thing that sticks off the, the end of the envelope. And then there's a mutation that there's sort of a lever that sort of cranks the key uh, to like to get in and there's a mutation there as well. Hmm. And we know from, from kinetics of both in, in viruses within tissue cultures, you can take the virus and grow it in cells and see how fast it replicates that this virus outcompetes other um, variants uh, in, in tissue culture. And we also can tell from looking at sort of viral copies in, in, the, in the samples we collect for diagnosed infections uh, that uh, uh, it appears that the Delta variant um, 
has a little more rapid onset in terms of, of when it, the incubation period. So I think with the original Wuhan strain, we were talking about seven days of incubation. And with the Delta variant, we're now talking about four days. And that the levels of virus that are being produced in the nose and the throat at the onset of those, that, that positivity is uh, much higher than it is with the, the base, base strain. Hmm. Base variant, so sorry. Yeah. Right. So, so the the Delta variant, it sounds like it, um, it it makes you sicker faster, like you and and gets mm -hmm. and you you become uh, in easy. It sounds like well, a few things. One, it sounds like it's able to get inside of our cells better than the previous uh, um, that's, strain. That's true. Yes. And we, as you said, with that, that, that key thing, the, the, this, the changes to the spike protein, it also sounds like it creates more virus. So it can, it, it can spread outside of our body more. And it, and that happens early on earlier than, than the original strain. That's what we're, we're seeing in, 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 the, in the experiments that are being done. And that's generally what's being noticed in, in communities where, where Delta is a primary um, a variant that they, there's more rapid spread. Uh, and um, which, of course, is dependent upon people's behavior as well. And it appears more more infectious than, mm -hmm. than the previous strains. Wow. So uh, and, and on what kind of order of magnitude has has is Delta from the uh, the, the wild the, like from the Wuhan strain or even from um, uh, what's alpha, which was previously known as the UK variant? How, how much more? Right. Yeah. So the the feeling with the UK variant was somewhere between one and a half to two times more infectious than the um, original European strain. So there there's European variant, sorry. And then Delta appears to be again about one and a half to two times more in, in, uh, transmissible than than those the, the Alpha strain. So we're looking at <clears throat> quite a large increase in in the what we call the R naught. Um, which is um, really transmissibility when when nobody's immune and, and there's no precautions being being taken to prevent the spread. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if there's if there's nothing to stop it, uh, you you said yeah. um, uh, behavior uh, or or other measures like vaccines, it the 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 rate of reproduction, the rate that it spreads is is. Um, yeah, it, it's it's much much worse. Yeah. yeah. So if you look at what's gone in gone on in um, the UK and Spain over the last uh, six weeks to two months, they've had a very lar large outbreak, rapid onset uh, of spread of the of the uh, Delta variant, a very steep curve. Their numbers are probably total numbers they're picking up are probably half to two thirds of what their peak was in in in, in the in the third wave. Um, the only uh, really good news about about that is that their their admissions to hospital and their deaths are, are are nowhere near what we saw in the in the previous waves, primarily because a large number of people are immunized. So, what do we know about the uh, severity of the Delta variant? Let's just start with unvaccinated people. It's a little hard to compare uh, what's going on because we're looking at you know different populations being infected over different time periods. There's a general impression that uh, your more likely to become sicker with with the delta variant and that, and that you know if your you know, base rate of hospital admissions was in the range of one percent it might bump up to 1.2 to 1.5 percent of the population that gets infected in a non-immunized group we do know that you know the data is very 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 that people have had two doses of vaccine 
um, rarely get admitted to hospital with, with complications of, of the Delta variant. So uh, what we see, what you're seeing in the United Kingdom and the United States is almost all the admissions are in people who are unimmunized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, leading to to multiple media outlets and 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 officials, especially in the U.S., calling this uh, the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about vaccinations then. They've been around. Uh, Canadians have had an opportunity. All eligible Canadians have had an opportunity to get their two doses for a good amount of time now. Um, how effective are those vaccines against the Delta variant? What's the data show? Because previously, I know the I think the Pfizer vaccine had like ninety five percent efficacy against uh, hospitalization. How 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 has this? Yeah, the data coming out of uh, there's just recent data out of the United States looking at this, showing that you're really looking at a really 92 to 95 percent efficacy against preventing death. So, I mean, that's you know that's um, uh, better than any other therapy we have for 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 you know COVID. I mean, if you get admitted to hospital with COVID, I mean, it's a good it's, it's a good chance you're going to end up in ICU, and there's a relatively you know high chance that you're going to end up um, dead um so that that i think the the these vaccines uh, have been particularly the mrna vaccines and and even the astrazeneca are are you know more effective than we'd hoped for uh, and they certainly um will prevent people from being hospitalized getting into icus and dying the the difference with i think with the delta variant is we're starting to see some uh, immunized people come down with um symptoms of you know uh, upper respiratory tract symptoms so Running into a sore throat and cough, uh, and and um, <clears throat> not not moving on to more more severe disease for the most part. There's some <clears throat> interesting data out of <clears throat> Singapore showing that those people, those small number of people who do get infected, um, sort of clear off their infection much more quickly than 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 the people without without who have not been immunized. That you know, the duration of illness is is less. The number of people who have big fevers is less. So. Uh, it really is uh, moves this uh, infection from being a you know, potentially life-threatening infection to what we would generally experience as a, as a common cold. Um, those cases of, of people who are fully vaccinated, but all the, but then getting COVID, those have been known as breakthrough cases. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, do we know roughly what the, 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 the percentage of vaccinated people who can then go on to get breakthrough cases, who then become breakthrough cases? Yeah, it's in, it's in the range of about 10%. Um, depends on the study you look at, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so now that, now that, you know, that 10, you're, you're, you have a 10% a chance of, if you get infected with COVID, developing those symptoms, but your odds of getting infected are also reduced. So if you look at, <clears throat> a study out of there's a study just uh, published recently out of Philadelphia looking at teachers who had had not been immunized, and the rate of infection, you know, per per per, per day was 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 way lower in, in the immunized group mm. to the point is about ninety percent less. So that and that's just when you're when you're screening people, even asymptomatic infections, they were 
doing nasal swabs on a weekly basis. So we know that people who are fully vaccinated but also catch COVID are known as breakthrough cases. They can still spread the virus. How much do we know about that and how does that add to the challenge? Well, we know that occurs. We're not sure you know, how frequently that occurs. It's, it's, uh, we do know that, that, again, if you do get uh, infected and you've been immunized, that your viral load drops relatively quickly compared to people who have not been immunized. So your infectious period is going to be shorter. So you're you're probably much less likely to transmit, but it's not it's not zero. Dr. Gregson, I know epidemiology isn't your specialty, but you know about herd immunity, I'm sure. Early on in the vaccine rollout, estimates for herd immunity was to get between 70 and 80 percent of a population vaccinated. How does the Delta variant change that number or does it? Yeah, ha- having herd immunity would imply that that our our value that we all talk about is less than or equal to one without any um, restrictions being in place. So we're we're not there in Alberta, uh, we're not there in Canada. Um, you know, so there we're not there in, in, in Israel. Either. So we're seeing um, <clears throat> more more cases worldwide. So we, we're, we're the herd immunity um, is. Probably a, a term that's not really uh, applicable to the individual. So it, what, you, what you're saying is you're, my, my, the chances of the R value is one. That means for every person who's infected, one person, one, one other person gets infected, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that we're not going to see large outbreaks. Uh, we're not going to see you know, our hospital system being overwhelmed. Uh, and, and truly, that, at that point in time, will be endemic. That's not the situation currently. Our R value is nowhere near uh, one. Um, and those people who aren't immunized, it's just a matter of time. You know, you're, it's like you're rolling a dice every day when you leave the house as to whether or not you're going to get infected. So you're going to see that that number on a, on a, on a monthly basis go way up when you sort of uh, take the gloves off the virus, so to speak. You're going to be uh, running at R values that are a little bit higher than that. And, and again, it's, it's just a matter of time. Mm. Even, even once we're all immunized in, in Canada, or, or if even once 85% of this immunized in Canada, what we're going to see is people travel and they're mm-hmm. going to bring back virus and those people who have not been immunized will at some point in time, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not even next year, but at some time they're going to get COVID-19. So it's going to be similar to influenza. I mean, if you're, if you're over 10 or 15 years of age, you've had influenza mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's just going to happen for everybody. Um, uh, so it's not so bad to get COVID when you're when when you're ten, but if you're if you're fifteen, you're not immunized. It's not a good thing. Um, I I, rem- I remember early on in the pandemic, there was the the uh, the the evocation of of wartime messaging, wartime imagery, the the idea that we're all in this fight together, and that the best thing that that a lot of folks can do to fight the battle against COVID while vaccines were being developed was to sit on your um, <laughs> was to sit on your sofa and binge TV right yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know it, it, <clears throat> it, you know soon after that there was the you know wearing a mask and and uh, as, a, as a means of protecting both yourself and others uh, and then you know the, there was that call to arms literally to roll up your sleeves and get the needle uh, mm-hmm. to, to get to get one one and two doses of this vaccine has Delta changed the battlefield? To continue that warm that warm message. Yeah, well, if you're, if you're looking at what the CDC is recommending, um, they've essentially stratified, you know, areas of the country that have by their by their vaccine uh, rates and their uh, case rates. 
So they're saying, you know, if your vaccine rate is high and your case rate is low, then those what we call non-pharmaceutical interventions, just the distancing and the masking and the closing of restaurants and, and venues um, doesn't need to happen. But as you're, as you, if, you're, if your immunization rates are low or your transmission rates are high um, uh, or your case rates are high, then, then you're, you use positivity rates in, in, their, in their cases, then they're suggesting re-implementation of, of masking. And you're seeing that happen in uh, many states. The other thing some people are doing is, is vaccine passports. So I believe New York just today or yesterday announced that they'd be using vaccine passports for restaurants and um, movie theaters and, and venues like that to try and reduce the amount of transmissions that's going on. So you can, you can um, play with a tap, so to speak, in terms of how much COVID you're gonna have by how, many, how much of these interventions you're gonna have in place on top of your, of your immunization. If we can get enough people immunized, we'll need to have, we can have the, the tap open a little bit wider. If we don't get people immunized, we're gonna have to keep the tap on a little bit more of these non-pharmaceutical interventions. So we're still fighting a battle against COVID. We are, we are gonna, we are just, you know, you've seen our numbers in Alberta, we're sort of entering a fourth wave here. The, the wave is gonna be different. It's not gonna be like pre, previous waves. We're gonna have fewer, fewer deaths and fewer than, and fewer hospital admissions, but it's still gonna put um, a strain on those individuals who get sick and, and, and those, those people have to care for them uh, in the healthcare system. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. With, with, uh, I was reading the public health agency of Canada's website earlier, and it appears that the Delta variant became the dominant variant in Canada, uh, sometime end of June is, it, it does does the pres- presence of the Delta variant does that delay um, when COVID is likely to become endemic uh, from a pandemic phase, or does that really depend on our, our reactions? I suppose. It, I suppose it, it, it depends, depends on, our on our reactions. So if you look what's happened in the UK, they've had a a, a wave. It's a very very high, high, high wave with a narrow spike to the top of it. So. What's happened is the people who have not been immunized are getting infected, and then they're now immune, right? So you can you can you can you can actually you know the other way to handle this. Like the Swedes at the beginning of the epidemic said we're going to let this rip through the population, and then we'll have then we'll have herd immunity. But um, that's, so it, it depends on what you want to do, whether you want to have a large number of cases or whether you need to contain the number of cases you're having. And a lot of that, you know, um, a lot of decisions made at the public health level are based on. Uh, really, hospital admissions uh, and the healthcare system, rather than you know protecting you as an individual. So, so if, the, you, if you if you if you've not been immunized, um, uh, it's it you you sort of at least in Alberta you're missing your window to to, to skip COVID. So it sounds like your advice is to get the shot. Uh, that's that is the uh, safer safest thing you can do. This vaccine is safer than anything else I. I do in, in my in my day to day practice in medicine. So when 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 I when I administer an antibiotic for someone who's got a, a deadly deadly infection, I, I, I don't you know a one in a million chance of a side effect is like minuscule compared to what I look at. I'm looking at you know five to ten percent of patients having some sort of side effect from the medication they give them. Mm-hmm. So hmm. Not necessarily deadly, but some sort of side effect. Sure. Yeah. And it almost sounds like it's it's not quite time to throw away our masks. Um, yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate that um, you know there's a large segment of the population that, although they're at low risk, have not been immunized, um, and you know a large portion of that 
population, I'm talking about young children under the age of 11, has spent their last um, uh, 18 months in in either you know at home or or with masks on to try and prevent transmission in the, in, in, the, in the community. So it's I find it, I find it hard uh, not masking when I see a, a young child in in, in a, in a in a mall. And I, I, you know, for adults, and there's this libertarian approach saying that, you know, you've made your choice and you also get the consequences of those choices. And that's, that those are, that's, that's your, I guess, right. That's a libertarian approach to it. I, I'm not quite that, that libertarian. I would point out that uh, while you, you yourself are choosing not to be immunized and you're going to have the, the, you know, physical um, side effects of, of, of the of, of, of whatever infections you do or do not get that um, the healthcare system is going to take care of you no matter how sick you get and we're all going to pay for that. As we were speaking with Dr. Gregson, new studies on the Delta variant were still being published. While the understanding of the Delta variant and its effects is still in relatively early days, the message remains. Vaccination is one of the most effective methods of protection. This Is Why is produced by me, Adam Toy, and Dave McIver. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email at thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Wear a mask and get vaccinated. We'll see you soon.